Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 330. Today is Monday, November 6th, 2023. Um, I hope you guys had a great weekend. I did, um, all things considered. Uh, for those who missed um, Friday's show, um, I let everyone know because we went down to three days a week for two weeks. Um, two weeks ago, my wife, Lauren, found out that her dad passed away suddenly. And so uh, it's been a real whirlwind. Um, anybody who's lost a close loved one, you know, it's just that's just kind of what happens. And so we're still grieving um, today, I would say. And I just want to thank you guys so much for your love and support and your prayers. Um, I would say today I woke up tired, but um, I feel more normal. Uh, so praise the Lord. Um, so that's been nice. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys had a great weekend. I did. I worked on, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, I've been working on a little short film, little it's giant. <laughs> it's way too ambitious. Um, but, um, it's a animated short film. And so I, um, I basically made a lot of headway and, um, you know, really been trying to push to, to do a huge chunk of animation. I've been sitting on the short film for since 2016, working on it a little bit. Um, and so I actually, tomorrow I will finish animating and it feels very surreal. <laughs> Just like so long, you sit on these things so long, uh, but I've learned a lot about perseverance and a lot about uh, stewarding something and, and, and carrying a vision forward. And, and it's, it's interesting because it's not a, I'm a Christian artist, right? It's not a Christian movie per se, um, and that there's no like Jesus or you know whatever. But um, it's interesting because God has actually been the one that's m made me not uh, not give up on this. Um, anytime I wanted to give up, I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, "No, you just keep pushing," you know. And and so when you do something like that and you foster something and you carry it out to completion, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about um, how God is literally in everything like like everything i do he's there and I, i've had so many amazing times with the lord just even in pushing through this and persevering he's been there and i've had great great times of intimacy with him just animating action figures you know it's so uh it's just it's uh it's been a really cool experience so i would encourage any of you guys who have been sitting on something for a while you like, yeah i should get around to doing that whether it's a home project or um, something outside uh, garden project or, um, you know, an art artistic project. I really would encourage you to just push through and make yourself do it and, um, really invite God into that process. It's been a really, a really opening experience for me. And, and as a result of that, so many other creative kingdom ideas have come out of doing something that seems, oh, God wouldn't be in that, or God doesn't care about that. Yes, he does. And, um, and so, yeah, I'd really encourage you. There's my message for the day. Uh, to really just encourage you guys to just go after whatever that thing is that you've been sitting on just to make yourself do it and invite God into the process and let things get uncomfortable and um, and God's going to show up. It's really cool. So um, guys, we have a really exciting show. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. If you guys are listening on Spotify, make sure to or follow Elijah Fire podcast. That'll really help us out. Give us an honest review if you're listening on the Spotify app. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else, we really appreciate that as well. I'll tell you what else we appreciate. We appreciate you guys' donations and your belief in this ministry. 
Um, and anytime you guys donate to ElijahStreams.com slash donate. Uh, for those who are new, um, who aren't aware of Elijah Streams at large, they are actually the umbrella ministry. Um, and um, we are an, kind of a, a spinoff, if you will, of, of Elijah Streams. So anytime you guys donate to ElijahStreams.com slash donate, those proceeds go towards keeping this free at five days a week, which we love free and we love accessible. Um, and, and we so appreciate you guys' belief in this uh, this ministry. But we also take a portion of those donations and we put them into our Waterwell efforts. We've partnered with Show Mercy International. Um, we've had Mike and Lori Sally, the founders of Show Mercy, on the show. Amazing, amazing people. We love them dearly. They've been long friends of the Elijah List and Steve Schultz. And um, I've been following their ministry for quite a while. And so it's amazing, you guys. Um, and we've been able to do so much because of your guys' generosity. So we're going to play a quick update video and then we're going to get going. In the midst of Rose and her friend Kamiati's joyous celebration of the drilling of a new water well, a painful memory from Rose's past comes to mind. Both Justine, Rose's daughter, and Amina, Kamiati's daughter, would routinely get up early in the morning in order to make the trek to the closest water source. As the girls were collecting water one morning, Justine ventured too far into the deeper water and tragically drowned. It's been seven years since Justine's untimely passing. There hasn't been any other options for water, but that's all changing. The prayers of Rose and her friends for a pure, clean water source have been answered and they are overwhelmed by God's goodness. This new water well is the result of the generosity shown by you, our Elijah Streams partners. The difficult journey to the polluted water source for Rose and her neighbors is almost at an end. And it's because of you. Donate online at ElijahStreams.com slash donate or mail a check today to Elijah Streams, 525 2nd Avenue Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 97321. All right. So my, guys, our guest today, she it's been a while. She was on last year and um, it was kind of cool. I, I had recently heard the Lord. He brought her to mind. And I was like, all right, well, I'll just get some, you know, confirmation or uh, whatever. And then Harmony Klingenmeyer, we love Harmony. She reached out, reached out to me. She said, yo, she didn't say it like this. I'm translating. Yo, I just talked to Genevieve. She's got this lit word, um, very now word um, for First Nations people, but also for the body of Christ. Um, would you pray about having her on? I was like, this is like the confirmation I was asking for. This is awesome. And then Jen and Aviva and I talked, and I, guys, I'm just really excited. It's a really important word. Um, so for those who don't know, she is the founder of Tribes Arise International. She's the director of Naomi House in Arizona, and she's also the founder of the Naomi House in South Dakota. Let's give it up for our guest today, Genevieve Dawn Skidmore. Genevieve Dawn Skidmore, welcome back. Hey, I love that intro. Yeah, Loading. That's cool. It's fun. You are fully loaded now, Genevieve. Fully loaded. Fully yeah. loaded. Yeah. yeah. How are we, you? I'm good. Do we love Harmony Klingenmeyer? She's or the best. She She's is the best. Such a thing. Yeah, yeah, we met uh, through Krista Alicia, and I really appreciate those two big time. Love them. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Amazing. Yeah. Super cool. So um, why don't you? Uh, there's been a lot. I mean, since we since we last talked, there's been a lot going on in your world, um, a lot, Naomi house and other things, but, um, I guess we could talk about 
you're the founder of Tribes Arise, and then you also open up a new Naomi house in South Dakota. So why don't you talk about the, what is Tribes Arise International and then also talk about Naomi house. Yeah. So the last time, like you said, it's been a while. The last time I was on here, I was talking about um, my testimony, a radical encounter with Jesus. Yeah. Um, I end up Googling a Native American ministry here in Arizona because that's where I was. And Naomi House came up. And so I went from Phoenix up to northern Arizona, right off the Navajo Reservation, and started just serving God at this children's home, having absolutely no idea um, that I that God had called me to plant children's homes. At the time, I was just being obedient, and I really thought I'd be here maybe a year or so. And many years um, later, after just serving here in Arizona, and they asked me to take over the ministry while the founder retired. Um, that year, my grandmother called me and said um, she wanted to give her land, her her uh, tribal land in Pine Ridge. Um, to me for a children's home in South Dakota. Wow. Yeah, so she, um, the founder had prophesied that within 24 hours of meeting her, I believe you're called to learn how to run this ministry so you can take it to South Dakota one day. Yeah. Um, and then 10 years later, my grandmother says, we're gonna donate the 600 acres of tribal land um, in Pine Ridge for, for a children's home. And so um, I came out of that world. I came out of that lifestyle. I came out of all the, the things, um, the statistics, addiction, you name it. Um, and so I knew the reality of going back to right. plant kingdom. Mm -hmm. I knew that that is something that only in God's way and only in God's timing would that ever happen. Mm -hmm. And so I literally kind of put that up on the shelf, like, God, when you're ready to start a children's home, um, then let me know because until you move all the, the mountains, it's never going to happen apart from you. And that happened two years ago. Um, what began to happen two years ago, the Lord sent me and my spiritual daughter, Katie, uh, to South Dakota on an assignment just to raise some awareness in, in the area. And that's when the Lord just broke open um, the, the region, really. And he sent us on a, a mission to identify the native Christian leaders uh, and to give them a pretty powerful message, which I'll get back to. Um, but it wasn't until one year ago that we actually broke ground on the land there mm -hmm. in South Dakota. And it's just absolutely mind blowing that first of all, that we have a children's home there. I sent my spiritual daughter, Katie out there. I had to wait for her to be born. I like to say, because I haven't found one person that I could have sent to spearhead that location until I met uh, Katie. And so she's a young disciple, young woman of God that has been spearheading that whole location. And there's no time to be able to explain uh, what she's had to endure, come up against, overcome, and she has. And I went out there this last week and was able to see the property. Our license is official. We have, um, well, we had six, we've had up to six kids there already. Right now we have four. Um, and so the, the grounds there and the house there and everything is just, it's beautiful. She's made that property a home. And so I'm so excited to say that that is launched. And anybody that's interested in helping either location, Arizona or South Dakota, um, can go to www.thenaomihouse.org. And both of those locations are right there on that website. Um, so totally, totally mind-blowing that yeah. that prophetic word has now come to pass. Come on, yeah. come on. So mm -hmm. why don't you tell people a little bit about like what Naomi's 
purpose is, Naomi yeah. House's purpose is. Yeah, so Naomi House is a licensed foster home in Arizona, licensed with the Navajo Nation, and we also have an emergency shelter. And so the Department of Social Services for the Navajo tribe and for the um, Lakota tribe in South Dakota, um, they get calls about picking up, you know, their own children for many reasons, almost always having to do with alcohol or drug uh, yeah. things. But they are they call they're look they're looking for safe houses, and so Naomi House is one of a very short list of foster homes or emergency shelters that the the tribal department of social services can call and say, do you have a bed open? And then they place their own kids. We don't have anything to do with their uh, reconciling with their families or their case plans. That all happens through the tribal social services. And that's one of the best things about Naomi. And one of the hardest things is that we're located either on or near the reservation which is amazing for the kids to stay uh, in connected with their culture, connected with their biological families, yeah. all yeah. the things. And then, of course, that's one of the absolute hardest things about what we do because there's not a lot of people. In fact, I should probably change that confession. There are people out there somewhere that feel a call of God um, to the front lines of Native American ministry as it pertains to children. And really that's one of the main reasons that I wrote my book, Send Me, I'll Go, um, is to help prepare those that feel called to the front lines of First Nation ministry. Mm, yeah, go yeah. On. And, uh, Also everyone, um, her book, Send Me, I'll Go, is there's a link in the description. So under stuff we talked about, you can even lock that thing right now. Just like, boom, while we're talking, you can, you can go order Absolutely. it. So, yeah. And then what is tribes arise international? Is that a new, th is that a newer thing for you or is that around? Um, yeah. In title and name, it's brand new. Okay. In function, it's what I've been doing for several years. Right. Um, I have been operating out of the capacity of my title for many years. So my title has been executive director of Naomi House of Arizona all these years. But in, in function, it's been um, spearheading and it's been moving to incorporate, encapsulate things that we'll talk about today. Um, but we as a board, we were always trying to figure out how are we supposed to keep up with what all the things Genevieve's doing because her title is an executive director, you know, and just very recently, it just like the glory cloud came down on a board meeting, honestly, and we've all came into this realization of restructuring um, our organizational structure, which they've been talking about wanting to do for a long time. And it's always, I always glaze over during board meetings anyways. And I'm like, I don't know how you want to structure this organization. I just know I'm doing what God has called me to yeah. do. Right. And they have been so gracious and it enabled me to do all the things that God is calling me to do and being, um, just a support to that. So, um, very recently we all discovered and realized that, Rather than trying to make Naomi House Arizona keep up with all this growth and all the, the what God is doing, that we need an umbrella organization to go over um, the overarching umbrella org. So most places like Naomi House has a sending mission or has a sending denomination 
or a missional covering or some sort of a structure that covers missionaries and whatnot. But however, in what we're doing here, our covering honestly has been the Holy Spirit where we don't have a denomination that has sent us. The only one that sent us was was the Holy Spirit. No shade. I mean, I, you know, I'm not saying that's the best way to do it either. I mean, you got to do it how God is showing you. Right. But we've never had an overarching umbrella. So as we were discussing as a board, we thought, well, maybe we should call that umbrella Naomi House International, where that's the national office and 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 all the things under it. And I said, the only problem with that is Naomi House stands for Native American Outreach Ministries Incorporated. That's the acronym. And I don't feel like the umbrella top tier should be an outreach model to the yeah. Native. It's no longer about reaching out to help the Indian, right? It has to be arising from the, the native, arising from the inside to the top to provide a covering for the different arms underneath that national office. So mm -hmm. under Tribes Arise, one arm of that is to open Naomi safe houses um, mm -hmm. anywhere God sends us on any reservation where the Lord wants to open safe houses. One arm is what we're calling Kingdom Council, and I'll and I'll get to that. Um, raising up First Nation leaders who are ready to govern their areas, um, and God is adding different things that I might not even get into underneath that organizational structure. And when we saw it, we said, "That's it. We need to launch a." National office because if God really does want to open these safe houses the way that He's speaking to us, that He wants to, we're going to need some sort of a national type awareness. We're going to need a you know that kind of out outreach, that kind of stretch of of getting the word out of of what God is doing because it's going to take a whole army. Right. Yeah. Well, Genevieve, why don't you go ahead and jump into you know when you and I were talking on the phone, you kind of touched on this this message that you know this word that you have um that's really burning with inside you why don't you just jump into that and tell people what's on god's heart what you heard all that yep so i'm just going to jump into that so um last year when we broke ground in south dakota for the mm -hmm. children's home immediately now this is we literally got somebody living out there we had a trailer out there we had a truck out there we were brand new presence in pine ridge but immediately the Lord said, I want a safe house on all nine reservations of South Dakota. Um, and I told that information to a South Dakota intercessor. I said, the word of the Lord is this. God wants to open a children's home um, on all nine reservations. Before I knew it, this wonderful woman of God had brought me a full itinerary to travel the state of South Dakota to go to the nine tribes of South Dakota last June. So um, six months ago, just this last June. Um, so we did a 21 day journey through the nine tribes of South Dakota. And I'm just going to list those for people that are going to be praying for us. We went to Cheyenne River, to Crow Creek, to Lower Brule, to Flandreau, to Standing Rock, Yankton, Sisseton, and then Rosebud, and then also Pine Ridge is nine, to release a clarion call to the Native American Christian uh, leaders of those reservations. And a clarion call, by the way, is a call to battle. And we are definitely releasing a call to battle to First Nations that holds a very strategic place 
in the body of Christ. In other words, God's not going to go around the first nation people. He's going to use them to come up. And there's a call to battle to first nations. A clarion is a medieval trumpet with clear, shrill tones. That's what it is. I had to Google this a couple of years ago when I heard clarion call. And immediately when I saw that, I said, that's a war cry. The, the, the clear, shrill tones. It's a war trumpet. That First Nation holds a, a sound. They hold a, a particular frequency in the realm of the spirit with their sound that is and it's hardwired into the spirit of every first nation warrior thanks for listening the elijah fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner visit elijahfire.com slash give that's been tried to be robbed from the first nation people right but it's a sound that will pierce uh, the darkness. It will pierce heaven. It will open things up and God's powers begin. To, it could honestly unlock revival in America. And so we went with the clarion call to the nine tribes and we gave out this call that we are here to identify the intercessors. We are here to identify those on these reservations that already have a heart for their children because when we start these safe houses, we don't see sending in people to do it for the people, but rather identify the ones in the, the these that are already living there, that already have a heart for their children, and just undergird them to raise their own kids. Amen. And so we gave there, and I and the Lord was clear. He said, There's already Naomi House people on these reservations, and there's already the kingdom council on these reservations. So we were to identify the intercessors, those that want to run the Naomi houses and those that are the kingdom council. The kingdom council is a word that the Lord gave me several years ago when we went through Pine Ridge and he said, locate the Native American Christians and give them a word, a message from me. And we began to identify kingdom councils. A kingdom council is very uh, simple. Um, it's those First Nation leaders on these reservations that have a revelation that Jesus is the Messiah, that even though Jesus has been misrepresented to the people, which we don't really have time to talk about, these are people that have a revelation that the real Jesus is really who he says he is. So a revelation of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, um, not denominationalism, not church, but the real Jesus, that they have enough, a revelation of the fact that they carry authority in the realm of the spirit over their region. And then they have the revelation of the intense levels of inner healing, agape love and unity that it's going to take to be able to link arms within our tribes, intertribally, and then with non-natives, that, that kind of unity and agape love it's going to take in order to link arms and see the kingdom of heaven come into our regions. Mm. And so we went on that journey. It was 21 days. We probably preached 50 times in those 21 days. And the Lord did open up um, the kingdom council and identified those to us through those 21 days. Um, as we were preaching those, those three weeks across South Dakota, we were releasing the word of the Lord, which I believe is for the whole body of Christ, mm -hmm. that the Lord is bringing a new level of inner healing and deliverance uh, to the leaders. How many know we need deliverance at the pulpit? We need deliverance in the fivefold ministry. We need inner healing because as, as we are as leaders, so it will be for those underneath us, right?
I also heard the word of the Lord, and I released in this to the whole body of Christ, that there is another wind or a second wind coming on the household evangelist. And I want to encourage somebody that you are the only one in your family that got saved. You go through all kind of persecution, but the Lord is saying you were born into the family that you were born into on purpose. Come on, somebody. You were saved for a reason. You might not feel like you have what it takes, but God handpicked you out of your genealogy, out of your bloodline to be the one to have the eyes of your understanding opened up. And there's a new wave of encouragement that is coming on the the household evangelist. And so we released this everywhere we went. There's another baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire that is coming um, and a new strength and deliverance and revival to families, that God is going to use families. So somebody just say amen right there. Amen. Mm. Yes. God is bringing, and so that's what we saw. Everywhere we went, we saw people get deliverance like I have never seen before in 20 years of ministry. I have never seen demons flying out of people the way that I have in the last year. Where And I'll get to um, the strategy for that here in a minute, but I've never seen so much uh, healing and deliverance coming to people. So he he really put his stamp and seal of approval on that word. So that's, those 21 days were super, super powerful. Wow. 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 Genevieve, something that, um, something that I was thinking about when you said, you know, basically going after the first nations tribes and um is actually could i think you said could unlock a um, revival in america okay so i something that i was thinking about that immediately popped into my head as you were talking about is and i'm trying to be sensitive to people so please like but something that i was thinking about was if native americans and i guess everyone else actually came together i i believe that that's actually what god originally purposed for this nation you know because something that i've noticed about native americans and this isn't lost on on anybody is is the more spiritual aspect there was a lot of they're they're more open to things of the spirit obviously that can be misguided of course but having aligned when that gets aligned anybody who's anybody who's met anybody who's who is i mean you guys are fiery genevieve and and i think anybody who's aligned with the with the lord with the kingdom of heaven man like i mean you got that warrior that warrior thing going on you got the you guys understand the significance of tribes better than a lot of westerners do and I think if if I, I'm just seeing a marriage of like what God originally purposed for this nation, you know, and Come anyways, on. but I don't know if you have any insight into that. Well, it's vital. And so um, on these reservations, which are on reserve for the coming glory of God, um, until they get into their place, I just see the flows of the power of God being obstructed over America. Mm -hmm. Um, And you touched on it a little bit, but there's so much issue when it comes to our reservations for two reasons. Number one is American history, the trauma and historical of trauma, the disintegration yeah. of the family, yep. and also fa- false idol worship. 
and false gods. You shall have no other gods before me. Mm-hmm. And it, as these kingdom people are getting into their place, the obstruction is being healed, the unity that is coming so that the power of God will flow without being hindered across the Americas. Mm-hmm. And so God needs to deal with the strong man over the Americas. And in order to deal with the strong man, because First Nation has the legal authority over the land, come on. So these altars, and they're not just Native American idolatry, but it's also Masonic idolatry and altars of of American um, altars of what a a word that I heard recently that just bears witness with my spirit is the spirit of manifest destiny. And we don't even have time to get into that. But that, I mean, these are principalities, right? These are rulers of wickedness in heavenly or high places that the First Nation, if as they're arising into their identity in Christ, have the actual authority to tear down land assignments. And if that's true, then the enemy would have to misrepresent Jesus and keep the First Nation bound. So, yeah. It's really exciting how he's mm. going into these places and identifying those ones that realize who Jesus is, realize they actually have the authority and realize I need to get so healed that I have nothing in common with the powers that I'm called to confront. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He identified those kingdom councils. We saw that one of our assignments is land work. And identifying these demonic altars over, for example, the Black Hills. But immediately the Lord says, we have to deal with these idols on the inside before we can deal with those idols out there. And so this is what the Kingdom Council is all about. Right. And so when we were on this trip, literally just releasing the word of the Lord, we're we're identifying you. Where are you, Kingdom Councils? Where are you, Naomi House Ambassadors? Where are you, Intercessors? What I didn't know was going to happen, Jeff, and this is just so crazy, and I'm still digesting and and processing, Mm -hmm. but we ended up at the state capital of South Dakota on our nine nine tribe journey in June. we're literally preaching in every one of those reservations, everywhere we go, everywhere we go. Next thing you know, I'm in Pierre, sitting in the secretary of the state's office. Her name is Monet Johnson. And we have an entourage with us. I mean, we had probably 20 people that were just there to support this journey. I don't even know who they all were besides intercessors and people that the Holy Spirit was drawing. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting in the secretary of the state's office and she's a powerful kingdom woman of God. I mean, wow. she is kingdom. She's not just a professing Christian. She is kingdom. And she began to show us um, her heart while we were sitting there. She said there was a, a, a star quilt that, that she felt like, you know, maybe we can get together and have this star quilt presented and do something official together. And honestly, it, it really all went over my head. I was like, yeah, well, when are we going to get back to the res? Really? Yeah. Was- what are we even doing here? I am not political. I did not ask to be pulled to the stable whatsoever. Um, and so while we're sitting there, a First Nations woman next to me brought up an apology letter that I had never heard of, which I'll get to that in just a moment. Okay. Um, and she said, maybe we could read the apology letter and and all of these things. Well, to be honest, it really just kind of went over my head. And we went to finish out the rest of our journey and we completed in Cheyenne River. 
we're driving home from Cheyenne River to Pine Ridge. And I told my my spiritual daughter, Katie, I said, the Lord is speaking to me so strong that we need to gather the kingdom council now from the entire state of South Dakota to the middle of the state in the fall. And I just kept saying that he won't leave me alone about it, which is ridiculous. You don't gather, you know, you don't who it's impossible to gather the First Nation people together into the middle of the state. That is absolutely impossible. But he wouldn't leave me alone about it. And I said, but I don't know where we're supposed to meet. I said, you know, Lower Brule is like the most middle of the state, but I'm just not feeling that. And she goes, well, let's meet in Pier, which is literally the middle of the state. And I go, no, it needs to be on the reservation. And, and I just blew it off. And we're driving quiet. And all of a sudden I said, unless that's why we met the Secretary of the State. Yeah. <laughs> that's how spiritual I am. That's how quick I yeah. am. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I, and it, and it just all began to come together. I got home and I emailed her and I said, I'm here on an assignment in South Dakota to identify the kingdom council. But if you want to get together in the fall and I invite the leaders to the state capital, would you like to do, you know, put your ideas and my ideas together for an event? She immediately uh, handwritten me a note back and she said, let's start planning for the fall. And so um, we end up gathering last week. I just got back from South Dakota. Um, we were at the state capital in Pure last week. Uh, and the nine tribes of South Dakota came um, to the center of the state, which that alone is just mind blowing to me mm-hmm. that they be- they trusted me enough, but they believed in the Holy Spirit calling them enough that every one of those tribes um, gathered. And it's it is kind of a long story short. Um, but we came together with Monet Johnson, who is clearly the the gatekeeper to allowing the kingdom to come in this way in, mm-hmm. into the state capital. And our conversations are bottom line. We have an opportunity to make some changes to the state of South Dakota seal. Monet Johnson, her title is called the keeper of the seal, which I think is pretty cool. And actually the motto for the state of South Dakota is under God, the people rule which is exactly what a kingdom council is, mm-hmm. is God ruling, uh, uh, people ruling under under God. Um, but we are, are needing to pray on and decide how important is this? Because we have an opportunity to change the state seal. She yeah. can't take things out of the state seal, but she can add things to the state seal, like a buffalo or a teepee or an eagle. And we can begin now as the kingdom council, Jeff, to actually legislate, which was always the prophetic word, but God took it from a a book title, which is my next book, Tribes Arise Governing the Land, to actually doing it and doing it now, beginning to rise up and and govern. Because of course the governor, Christy Nome, being the very highest form of authority in that state, and meeting together with the actual highest form of authority, which is the ecclesia and the fivefold ministry in the blood of Jesus, is what could actually start to shift things when it comes to um, the spirit realm and those yeah. those um, pervading principalities, right? Mm-hmm. And this is war. This is what the enemy does not want to happen. So number one, some changes to the state seal. Number two, we can write a new apology letter 
Um, because if you don't, and if people don't know, um, about American history, then, um, you know, you might educate yourself because the atrocities and the things that happen, in other words, there's a scripture in Acts that says God um, put the boundaries and placed the borders, right, of where everybody's boundaries and borders are. In other words, God put out the boundaries and then men came and literally picked up the boundaries and moved them. They, and what do you do with that, right? You don't, you cannot go back and change that. You cannot go back and say it didn't happen. You cannot, you know, um, hate for the rest of eternity to try to, hatred's never going to fix the fact that those boundaries were moved. Those were God's boundaries though. And only God can rectify his, what he has always placed in, in his order. So what they're talking about is an apology letter. And this, you can look at, at theapologynow.com. Anybody that's interested, people like Nigel Big Pond and other apostolic Native American men and women um, started this apology letter that went to the White House through Senator Brownbeck. Um, I want to say out of Kansas City, I might be wrong about that. He got it to the White House and it it was passed through Obama in 09, but it was never acknowledged. It was buried in like, I think, 72 pages of legislation. Of course. Totally washed over. Of course. Just never acknowledged. So a lot of people are, are very um, feel that this is very important, right? That that if it's acknowledged, I think a lot of First Nation people feel like it will break something. That it, if at least it just being acknowledged, right? And so one of the issues that the Kingdom Council had over South Dakota with the apology letter is that it's watered down and not written correctly and all these things. So as the Kingdom Council now, we can come to the table and begin in unity to have discussions like what would an apology letter look like that we would feel would be sufficient for the people of, of the native people of South Dakota. Amen. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one, that's the second thing, right? Um, the third uh, invitation that, that is on the table is that we can write a new proclamation looking at the past is not the goal. You know, apology is, is good, but the goal is to, I, and I believe this with all of my heart that God is giving an invitation to first nation people to write our own decree. Come on, somebody mm-hmm. to write our own proclamation of what we want to declare as our new future. Um, we know that we're in the decade of the pay. I'm sure you've heard that a million times, Jeff. We're in the decade yeah. of the pay, which that's is Hebrew, everybody. That's a, uh, yeah. Everyone's like, pay what? Yeah. Yeah. It's the decade of the pay, uh, meaning the mouth. And mm-hmm. that's why that the enemy is trying to shut down the voice and silence the people of God. Right. So that's across the whole body of Christ board. Um, there's a push to to silence the people of God and not just in First Nation, but across the board in in, in the body of Christ. God is raising up Esther's, right? God yeah. is raising up people that are going to push back with their mouth, that are going to decree the word of the Lord. There is so much fire on decreeing the word of the Lord, which I'm going to get to right now. Um, in America, and I'm not political, and there's much more knowledge that I would need to research, but I know what I'm about to say is true. In America, 
we are facing a battle ahead of us that is similar to what First Nations has already gone through and survived. I'm going to say that again. What is coming on America is exactly what has already happened to First Nation people if the body of Christ remains silent, right? Mm -hmm. So the taking of our children in America is happening through a principality of Baal worship and a principality of Ashtoreth and Molech and a principality of these sexual gods. Come yeah. on, somebody. Mm-hmm. That is, and so there's a huge uprising, as there should be, about you're not going to take our children. I just found out about um, Donnelly. Jenny? Donnelly, is that her name? Yeah, Jenny Donnelly. Mm-hmm. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Um, she had, I, I don't follow her at all, but somebody had shown me a clip or something like that about one of her things that she's doing. Is, and I forgot the name of it, but um, you cannot have our children or yeah. something. Like that, yeah, it's, she, uh, yeah, it's something like that. A million women at the mall um, where the esters are rising up to use their mouth, right? And unless if America doesn't do that, they're going, they're headed for socialism, which is what the reservations are in bondage to the government. America's headed headed to becoming government dependent Americans. If we don't open our, come on, somebody use our mouth and find ourselves at the mountains of society using the and decreeing the word of the Lord, right? So we're heading towards socialism. There was something that she said, she said by 2025, you know, like we're in it and we're in it right yeah, now. It's now. Yeah. It's, it's, we're at a, we're at, we're at a tipping point, you know, right now is yeah. the time that America is facing what first nations has already experienced. So why don't you really quick, Genevieve, explain to people what's been happening for those, especially who are outside of the United States, what has been happening already, what has happened already within the, the Native American tribes, and, and then that this is a kind of a type and shadow of a future that could happen for that. Why don't you explain that to people? Okay, so just so very quickly, obviously. Yeah. Um, so when America was founded by the forefathers, um, you might remember hearing about it in school, Manifest Destiny, where the the European Anglos came to America that was already founded by a First Nation, and they really felt like they were getting a mandate from God to take over. It's the white supremacist mindset that comes from a principality. Right. And they came feeling like, you know what, we're we're going to do whatever we want to do it to the point where they annihilated the First Nation people in order to, you know, take the borders where they wanted to take the land and the borders that God had given and begin to systematically uh, relocate and displace the original inhabitants of American borders um, to move them out of the way. Every every step that they went, it was to kill the Indian and save the man. 
So it came to a place where Carlisle boarding school came and said, we're going to make these savages more civilized. And they began to literally take children from their homes and put them in these Catholic boarding schools with what I call the demonic cloaked in clergy, that they were saying, we're doing this in the name of God. We're doing this because we're good Christians. And it has totally disintegrated the family, totally taken the family and, and the native family. And this is why we have the systemic uh, statistics of trauma on our reservations and especially the epidemic of alcoholism and, and suicide and all the statistics that you see right now. And so in America, how with COVID and the mask and covering up people. And now, you know, if you send your kids to public school, they're going to be indoctrinated with what sexuality is. Oh, and our children yeah. are being taken out from underneath our nose um, with nothing that, to where we're going to become government dependent. And so we know reservations are completely uh, dependent upon the government for survival hmm. um, because that's what was presented to the, to the, to the people. And so we're coming to a place in America where we're going to have to ask the government, is it okay if I don't, you know, use pronouns, for example, you know, where you can go to jail for not doing it the way the government wants you to do it. Amen. Yeah. I hope that made some sense. No, it absolutely does. And I think that, yeah, it's, I think that's a great window into, and it's, the thing is, is it's the same principalities that were active back when this happened originally to, to, to Native Americans is. It's it's not like this new thing. It's it Satan's always reskinning for whatever the era is. He's always reskinning. It's the same agendas. It's the same principalities, it same is. demonic forces. It's not that these are ones that have been existing since the dawn of time, since the fall of <laughs> Satan specifically. And um, and so I think that that's an important thing to recognize that this is not. That's why it's so important to not look at things just in the physical. We need. <laughs> to be spiritually aware we need to in, in, in if anybody's sitting on the fence of like oh i don't know about this like like it, it's time to step in it's time to engage because that's why scripture says we war not against flesh and blood and it's interesting that right now we do these teaching series genevieve and right now we're going through one it's all about spiritual warfare we talk about uh, we've got julie lopez on running it and and our um t uh, leading it and and she's um She's an ex fifth generation witch. And she has a lot of understanding of the spiritual realm and authorities within the demonic um, and talking about, Hey, this is how you wage warfare. This is how you engage in these things. This is how you understand your enemy. And I think it's very crucial right now, you know? So that's it. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, right? But against principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness mm -hmm. and heavenly high places and it, it, it all stems back to Baal, which is idolatry and America's gods that we serve, right? It stems back to uh, Ashtoreth or Mrs. Baal, which is all about sexual confusion, gender um, identity disorder, all of those um, sexual sins, which look different on reservations, actually, but it's the same principality. Um, and then Molech, the, the, the sacrificing of our children onto altars. And of course, that's abortion, but it's also meth addiction and alcoholism that requires your children from you. That's the purpose of addiction is because if I can get my generation completely anesthetized with addiction, then I can take 
I can take the children. And so again, it's all of those things. And that's why, as you're saying, we have to rise up and, and, and launch our warfare from our seated position in the third heaven. In Christ, we are seated next to God in the third heaven. And there's a third heaven perspective that the, and for example, the kingdom council, we have to arise and launch our warfare from our, our position. Amen. Because Jesus is the name that's above every other name. It's far above all principalities, above all rulers. It's far above all of the second heaven uh, warfare, which I'm going to get to. And that's why decrees are so important. That's why what we're doing to come together in unity under the oneship of Christ, oneness with Christ, um, that we can launch our warfare as a body from our position. And right now, First Nation is in an Esther 8-8 window of opportunity. And of course, it's the body of Christ too. But as he was releasing us to go into South Dakota with this assignment, he released Esther 8-8. And this is where the king because how many know that's what makes the kingdom council different than anybody else? It like the tribal council is that we serve a whole king. We have a king. Like I know on a government level, we might think the president's the king. He ain't the king. The no. governor governor's not the king. Nope. The tribal council's not the king. It's the people of God who should be running it because we serve a whole king, the king of kings, right? And so the king tells Esther and Mordecai in verse eight, you yourselves write a decree concerning the Jews as you please in the king's name, and I'll seal it with the king's signet ring. For whatever is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's signet ring, no one can revoke. Can you imagine that we have that kind of authority? Yeah. We have that kind of weight in the realm of the spirit, which is why we all feel inadequate. Come on, somebody. <laughs> which is why we all feel like we're not good enough, that we don't have enough uh, strength, that we don't have enough of any of what we need. Me even coming on this broadcast today. I'm like, God, I'm literally only doing this because it's it's the decade of the pay. You need somebody's mouth. That's really my my assignment on a lot of this as I spearhead some of these things is to, to let the devil know I'm going to use my mouth. And so I want to encourage somebody with that, whether that's publicly, whether that's giving, declaring the word of the Lord. So he says, write a, write a decree. And if you look up these words in the Hebrew, which I love to do, he says to engrave an inscription or to describe in writing what it is that you want me to do. Come on. How many know that sounds like involvement? I think a lot of the times we feel like if God wants to do it, he'll just do it. Right. Right. But he says, right. You you write what's agreeable to you. What's what what will please you? You write what you believe is good in my name, which is the highest form of government. And I'll seal it means to lock it up with the king's ring, which is the symbol of, of the greatest authority. It, if you read it in the Hebrew, it literally says, taken from off the very hand of the king. Huh. And no man can withdraw or revoke First Nation Kingdom Council what you co-labor in Christ to decree. And the Amplified says, right as you see fit. The CEV says, I now give you permission to make a law that will save the lives of your people. 
You may use my ring to seal the law so that it can never be changed. And so God is calling on the the kingdom people to come with solutions. Amen. To come to the mountains of society with solutions in the name of the king. And so it was so funny when we were gathered there that day and we did exactly what the Lord said to do. We gathered, we worshiped, we came in unity, we came to pray, we came to decree the word of the Lord. Um, We had everybody bring land or dirt from their prospective tribes. Wow. Did a ceremony where we just brought all the dirt together into one new vessel to just a uh, prophetic act of unity that we are no longer divided. That's a statement inside yeah, the capital, um, and it was unprecedented. And it was it, it's it's it was amazing. And while we were there, we had a newscast from South Dakota, Dakota News Call, and they said, "Can we do an interview?" And they said, "Now who's?" Who's gathering? The tribes are, I said, well, all the tribes are here, but these are the kingdom people from these uh, these tribes that have encountered the real Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And they truly believe we have the authority to shift some things to in this nation because mm-hmm. we serve the king of kings. Yeah. And she goes, well, I'll call you at 1.30. <laughs> For an interview, right? So it's just so important. And so do you have anything? And then I'm going to share one more thing about that. No, please keep going. This is great. Yeah, I love this. Yeah. So it's, it's unique. And I'm just sharing my story of just obeying God. Really, that could be the name of this whole interview today is Uh obey God. Obey God. When it doesn't make sense. When you don't feel like it. When you don't understand obey God. And I just want to encourage somebody with that because we know Esther mm-hmm. came to the kingdom for such a time as this. Mm-hmm. And with the powers of darkness yelling so boldly and so loudly, we as the church, we cannot afford to remain silent. And First Nation in particular is being called to the front. We know that the last shall be first, right? And the first shall be last. And I keep hearing the word uh, spiritual spearhead. And I looked that up in the dictionary. It means the sharp point of a spear or the tip of the spear. Oh, come on. How do you know First Nation is the tip of the spear? Mm -hmm. It also means to lead an attack or a movement and that God is raising up spiritual spearheads and releasing the tip of the spear anointing. And that First Nation is a part of that spiritual spearhead that's mantled with a genuine apostolic mandate and responsibility to arise and govern. Mm -hmm. And I want to share something, if that's okay, that many of you probably know who Apostle uh, Chuck Pierce is. Let me know Mm -hmm. if you know who that is, Mm -hmm. Jeff. You Mm -hmm. know who Chuck Pierce is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So when I was getting ready to obey God, somebody sent me this document, and I'm going to read two paragraphs of it. And this is some decrees. Some of you old school might remember, I didn't know anything about this at all, at all, until somebody sent this to my inbox. But I guess 20 years ago, Chuck Pierce and Dutch Sheets did a 50-state tour to release decrees over every state in the U.S. And so I didn't know that. There's a book about it, and I don't know the name of it. But what I'm going to read to you was a decree from God. Now it's not Chuck Pierce that we're that we're glorifying, but it's God's word through the prophet right. that mm-hmm. they spoke literally in June of 2004. So nearly 20 yeah. years ago. 
next at, year at Piers, uh, at Pierce, South Dakota at Riggs High School. And this is the word of the Lord that he released. And I love this because it encourages me to keep going um, because what this shows me when I read it is that God has not changed his mind. 20 years, how many know God does not change his mind? Hmm. That we are literally tapping into ancient prophecies. We're literally tapping into the mind of God. We're tapping into the heart. Come on, somebody. And how many know as prophetic, we see in part and we know in part, but we are tapping into the mind and heart of God that can shift a nation. And it is a very strong call to First Nation people. Um, but here's what I'll, I'm going to just read a, a verbatim now uh, what he released 20 years ago. He says, Lord, I believe you want to turn the Dakotas into a stronghold of righteousness. You are going to heal these reservations. You are going to heal the land. You are going to break off every curse. You are going to transform that which Satan has come and trampled down and belittled and disparaged. And it's going to be known that God lives in the Dakotas. It's going to be known that they are a place where intimacy with God is enjoyed. It's going to be known that God, the most high God lives here and that he is the possessor of all the earth. So we just decree right now that God owns North and South Dakota. He owns the Dakotas. He continues, there's a war over this place. And the Lord is saying, it's mine. These hills are mine. The wealth is mine. The mountains are mine. It's all mine. I'm going to establish it again as my stronghold. And I'm going to make it a conspicuous place of my presence. One more. And I would say to you, I'm going to go into the low places of this state and even bring a surprise move of myself. I say from the low place of this state, I will begin to cause the movement of my presence to begin to move outward into this state that will affect this nation. I say I will go into Pine Ridge and I will begin to move in an unexpected, surprising way. I say, I will draw the eyes of this nation into Pine Ridge, saith the Lord. And I would even say that the Leviathan that has twisted and changed and caused words to come from this state and this land would send the nation in the wrong way. I would say to you, I will break the power of Leviathan in this state, saith the Lord. Um, let's see, was there one last thing? In the name of Jesus, that the spirit of God is coming to visit the native people of this state and North Dakota. There's going to be an outpouring of the spirit of God that comes to this region. And it's going to flow through all of these reservations until that spirit of Leviathan that has ruled is completely driven out. The spirit of death, the spirit that has tried to strangle, kill, steal and destroy and shame um, that has tried to rob from their inheritance. There has been something reserved for these people and they will rise up and begin to be seen as people of God, as a blessed people, as people visited by the very spirit of the Lord. And there will be a move of God's spirit that will be key to what he wants to do in this nation. So I just wanted to. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I think I've mentioned it three or four times. I am not a political person, mm -hmm. but God pulled the native to the table of the government. And there is something he is doing with the tribes in this, this hour, in this season. And I, 
I think what I want to just shift to, if unless you have something else. No. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, you're good. Okay. It's all you, Genevieve. Well, the thing is, is that every single one of us are dealing with that second heaven warfare, right? And so I just want to share very quickly about Ephesians 6, 11, that we must have a third heaven perspective in yeah, the body. Come on. Every come on. single one of us, no matter what uh, single moms, you know, you work in nine to five, whether you're in ministry or not, we have to learn to uh, launch our warfare from the third heaven. So Ephesians 6, 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So heavenly places is talking about the second heaven hierarchy in the realm of the spirit that we cannot see with our natural eyes, but is influencing our daily lives, influencing our daily decisions, and influencing our destinies, not only for non-believers, but also for Christians as well. Amen. Amen. And we lose the power to confront that which we have in common. Why, if we have this kind of access to the third heaven, why do we live defeated? Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. Yeah, come on. It is because we are hooked by second heaven warfare. How do I know if I'm hooked by second heaven warfare? You are dealing with depression, anxiety, oppression. You can't even see straight. Uh, Just, you know, you're feeling beat up and beat down and you're just hooked in the realm of the spirit from moving forward, from using your voice, from getting free of addiction, from having peace or any harmony in your soul or in your home. Mm -hmm. And truly we will lose the power to confront that which we have in common. In John 14, 30 in the Amplified, it says, Jesus told his disciples, I will not talk with you much more for the prince, the evil genius, the ruler of this world is coming. Jesus says, but he has no claim on me. He has nothing in common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him. So he has no power over me. Come on, somebody. Hmm. We need to pray in prayer like never before in this hour in the body of Christ in order to unhook ourselves from the second heaven warfare and walk in the authority that we have been given in Christ Jesus. And the Lord in this last season, and this is where I'm going to get ready to just, you know, close, but I feel like this is so important in order to break ourselves loose from what we're called to confront. The Lord began to deal with me in this last year about three things that if we will take these three things seriously, that we are going to be effective the way that we need to be effective in in what is coming. Mm -hmm. Number one, why are we not more effective? It's because we're prayerless. Hmm. I'm going to say that again. We are a prayerless people. And wherever we're prayerless, we are absolutely powerless. So the Lord had me just launch this initiative. And I want to invite you, anybody that is is hearing me and, and, and it bears witness with your spirit. The Lord said, break the spirit 
of slumber. How many know the church is asleep? The enemy has effectively had us scrolling through TikTok and Instagram instead of in the throne room, which is an actual spiritual location. And I'm just going to share briefly. I woke up at four o'clock one morning a year ago, almost a year ago, and I was scrolling TikTok at 4 Mm a.m. And there was a meme that jumped out at me. All it said was break the spirit of slumber. And it hit me in my spirit to where I ended up on the floor for two hours praying in violent tongues that morning. And the Lord did something in me in those two hours that could have never happened in my lifetime. And he took me up into the third heaven. That's That's how I can describe it. And when I went up, there was this long carpet in the corridors of the heavenlies. And on this carpet, I saw people I recognized pacing, praying in violent tongues, uh, pacing back and forth on this carpet, praying, 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 praying. And these are people that I knew. These are people that I recognize in the ministry. One of my apostles that used to come and tell us, we need to ignite a revival of prayer. We need to pray. And we would all clap and shout and nobody would go home and pray. Come on, somebody. Yeah. And right. And he said, we need to do this and we need to do that. I saw Isaiah Saldivar up there. I saw my late apostle, Jerry Keems, who used to always tell us. And when I came up and I saw them praying like this, they saw me come up and they got smiles on their face. And they said, see, this is what we've been talking about. This is what we have been begging the body of Christ to come to the secret place. This is for those that know the sufferings of Christ with smiles on their face, beaming with joy. This is where it's at. This is where you pray things out. This is where you get effective. This is where you receive an empowerment of God to do what you're called to do. Even if that's to be a single mom, this is where it's at. And in a few short moments, Jeff, the Lord showed me to me. And he said, Genevieve, there's the warring church. There's the praying church. There's the contending church. And then there's you. And in those moments, he began to break off. And I realized in those moments that I could live my entire Christian life and never be able to break past the barrier of my flesh to the place of the secret place. And by his grace alone, in fact, I'm just going to pray this too, that God, by his grace, because how many know apart from him, we can do nothing, right? Apart from him, we can't even pray. Apart from him, we we can't wake up. We can do nothing. And by his grace alone, he broke that spirit, that sleepy uh, spirit where in Isaiah, he says, I looked for a man to fill in the gap and I found none. In those moments, It was broken off of me. And so we launched a prayer hub. If you go to tribesarise.org forward slash prayer hub, I cannot say it enough. We have got to pray. Apart from prayer, we're no match for what we're getting ready to. Yeah, that's good. And one last thing about prayer is you all know Derek Prince. He released a word 30 years ago concerning the strong man over the Americas. And he really believed it was the first nation. He saw a vision of a chief smoking a cigarette. And as he was smoking a cigarette, he said, what am I seeing, God? And this chief turned his head and looked at him like this. And he said, I was here way before you came. And I'll be here long after you're gone. Hmm. And when I saw that, it just put a holy reverence in me, a holy fire. Because how many know 
All of us are dealing with some sort of a generational curse. All of us are dealing with things that we just, you know, we've asked people to pray for us. We've asked, you know, and it's not budging. It's not moving. And it just, it just hit me. We have got to be a praying people. We have got to go back to the altars of prayer, mm-hmm. Jeff. Now, I don't say that to put anybody under a condemnation because that's not from God, by the way. Right, right. You feel condemnation. If you feel guilt, you need to take authority over the devil because he's a liar. God does not come to condemn and he does not come to bring guilt. But I just pray that even on this live, somehow, some way, mm-hmm. that God will release that uh, invitation. So when he calls us to pray, he's not saying, you're just a mess. You need to pray, da, da, da. He's actually inviting us to another level of intimacy yeah. in this hour. Yeah. He's inviting us to the throne room where we can legislate, where we, that which is the government government center of the universe. He is inviting us there to pray out mysteries. So that's my 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 encouragement is prayer. Number two, he is calling us to fasting again. Mm-hmm. He's calling us to the place of fasting very quickly. Matthew seventeen twenty one says this kind does not go out except for by prayer and fasting. What kind? The kind that you've been praying about for 10 years and it hasn't budged. That's the kind. Hmm. What kind? The kind that everybody on your prayer list is praying for you, but it won't move. The kind that you have been, you know, applying regular prayer to and you've not gotten a breakthrough. The kind that we're getting ready to face. It doesn't, the familial, because that word kind, it's the word kindred. It, it literally means offspring or family or tribe or nation. He says this kind won't come out unless you add fasting. And I'm telling you, because of his grace alone, he has invited us to a place of fasting over this last year. And Jeff, everywhere we go, demons are flying out of mm. people. Not only that, but he broke a whole generational curse in my personal family within this last year, because my husband's half Navajo, half Apache, and I'm Lakota and and Caucasian, right? And so we have, he deals with that Native American, there's something called the Native American curse, but honestly, there's generational curses over all people. And when we added fasting, when the Lord graced me to add fasting, we started fasting the first three days of every month. What happened was one morning, my husband and I got, had a prayer meeting. And next thing you know, we saw demons in our living room flying out of our family members. Wow. Like never. Dude. They started choking up demons onto the floor. In 20 years of ministry, I've, I've always seen people cast out demons. I've always believed in demons being cast out, but I've never operated in casting out demons until what I'm sharing with you right now. Hmm. Prayer, fasting, and, and as this person began to, these demons came out, I learned a couple things. Number one, demons come flying out at the name of Jesus if the person wants to be delivered. And no. prayer can position people into the place of humility and the requirements of deliverance. So you begin to pray these generational curses be broken over your family strategically, which I'll have to come back and we'll teach just on that. Yeah. But, what I also learned is that when those phlegm balls come out of people, when they're getting delivered, the actual demon is not in the phlegm. It is just the nat- the body's natural reaction to the spirit c- coming out of people's bodies. Mm-hmm. 
the demonic spirits coming out of people's bodies. Mm -hmm. And I've seen deliverance and generational curses broken in my family this year, because why don't we advance the kingdom? Why don't we go into the streets? Why don't we use our voice? Because we're also hooked by the second heaven. We can't even see straight. Come on, somebody. We're so hooked by the generational curses that have had authority over us our whole lives that we can. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But we're trying to get through Tuesday. I can't even pay my rent. And you want me to do what? (laughs) Right. The enemy has us so convinced that we don't have time to pray. That, however, it says if if those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength, they'll mount up to the third heaven and start running where the spirit of God is, catch up to where the spirit of God is. We don't have time not to pray. The reason why we are so far behind is because we're not praying. Okay, so I'll just have to come back and teach on generational curse breaking if that's okay at some time, Jeff. Yeah, I think that really benefit a lot of people. After that happened in my family. Everywhere we went, we went and preached at a tent meeting in New Mexico. And I just shared my testimony about generational curses breaking in my family. At the end, we started renouncing um, for, you know, not for deliverance, but just renouncing and standing in the gap for our bloodlines. Next thing you know, a woman in the back starts screaming bloody murder, getting just delivered of demons. And then the whole tent just broke out. And next thing you know, the whole place is just right. So we need to. We need to be fasting. Okay. And then the third thing to break the generational curse is how, how do we get free from these generational curses is we have to renew our mind. Now, the three I just said are very common. And we've all heard it a million times, but can you believe that's actually it? Prayer, fasting, and renewing your mind. Um, Proverbs 26, two, like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow. So a curse without cause shall not alight. Another version says, a curse you don't deserve will take wings and fly away like a sparrow or a swallow. Hmm. NET says, a curse without cause does not come to rest. And so many of us are so hooked by the second heaven that we are have a nest, a fortified place for these curses to land on us, sit on us, remain on us, have their way with us. And they they create strongholds of thought that are in common with the second heaven. And so there's all these legal doors of access for second heaven warfare to come on into this beautiful nest that I made for you in my thought life and in what how I think in my belief system. So now it becomes a perfect place for these curses to come and remain. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So we have to lay an ax to the root. We can cut down the stronghold and the legal rights in Jesus name. So go ahead, Jeff, what do you have to say about all that? No, I was just going to recount this for everybody just to kind of, kind of, so the ways to break off general generational curses, number one, prayer, because if you're prayerless, you're powerless, right? I love that. And if you don't have your own prayer strategy, you better jump on somebody else's. You have got to come up out of, out of that slumbering spirit. Yeah. And then number two is fasting. Um, and then number three is renewing our mind. It's in the belief system over. So for example, we're dealing now with belief systems over a nation, right? Yeah. How do you go into a region and shift a nation? And here's the honest to God truth by you doing it to yourself. One thought at a time. Yeah. Yep. One thought at a time. You yeah. come out of agreement with the second heaven until what you're called to confront has no more authority over you. Yeah. And I would even say 
points one and two of prayer, prayer and fasting are a means to point number three, renewing your mind. Because as you're praying, as you're fasting, that is going to be the natural thing that takes place, especially as you're, you're, you're um, tenacious and pressing forward in these things that renewing your mind is going to take place, you know? Um, yeah. well, that's one of the quickest ways for breakthrough is adding fasting. Yeah. I mean, that's going to break Isaiah. What is it? Isaiah 58. Is it, is this the, the fasting that I have called to undo heavy burdens, to break powers of wickedness? Like there is so much power that God has given us. I mean, he's seated us already in the third heaven. And now we have to come into out of agreement with the second heaven and into agreement with the third heaven until we're operating. Come on, somebody from there. You can operate from there as a wife, as a single mother. You can train yourself to break agreement with the second heaven, come into alignment with the third heaven on repeat. You keep doing that. All of a sudden, you're going to carry the authority to shift. Come on. To atmospheres, rooms, nations. That's how it, it works. We take every thought captive and force it into obedience on repeat until you're walking out, right? Who you really who you really are. I know that was a lot. <laughs> That's great though. It's so good, Genevieve. Why don't you go ahead and pray for people? Yeah. I mean, if there's anything else you want to say really quick, you have you have liberty to do so, but I also want you to pray. Yeah. So let's pray that let's begin to unhook ourselves. Yeah. If that's okay, let's yeah. just begin to unhook because um, I'm so glad that people came to hear and just listen to what the Lord's doing with first nation to hear and listen, what he's doing with safe houses and how you can be involved and, and, and hear and just being informed. Like that means more to me than you could imagine, but every single person listening has an assignment has has a call and most people are dealing with this warfare in their families because not only are you dealing with your own generational curses you're dealing with the generational curses on your spouse and the both of you come together and the enemy hates your marriage he hates family he hates you progressing or coming into your identity and your calling so let's just begin to renounce mm -hmm. together if that's okay i just yeah. want to sweep the soulish realm yeah. um how do you do that you do that by renouncing verbally i i come out of agreement with whatever it is and whatever the holy spirit is showing you just begin to say that say i renounce whatever it is i renounce depression i renounce anxiety i renounce divorce um it's a legal verbal eviction to the second heaven hooks i renounce failure to thrive i renounce that my my destiny will be delayed i renounce whatever it is and so there's a couple of things that we all deal with that I'm just going to lead us through to renounce in yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Just say this wherever you are. Say, Father God, I renounce lukewarm. I renounce laziness. I renounce undisciplined body. I renounce the spirit of slumber. I renounce prayerlessness. I come out of agreement with that. I renounce pain and infirmity has to go right now in the name of Jesus. I renounce pain, infirmity. Father, I renounce whatever you're hooked with. I renounce addiction. I renounce infidelity. I renounce lust and pornography as the 
aversion. I renounce the spirit of abandonment. Whatever's got you so worked up in your soul, whatever is just junking you up so that nothing is flowing through you or you're feeling hindered. I renounce purposelessness. I renounce confusion or torment. Father God, I renounce anger or rage or rebellion. Lord, and you can stand in the gap for your families right now. You can literally renounce on the behalf of your marriage, on the behalf of your children. We renounce over our family the spirit of death and suicide. We renounce the spirit of witchcraft in any area of our lives or any spirits tied to generational curses. We renounce over our families the spirit of idolatry. We renounce a deception and rejection. And then you just begin to forgive. If there's anybody that you need to forgive, I encourage you, just begin to release forgiveness. Father God, because you forgave me, I choose to freely forgive everyone who has ever sinned against me or hurt me in any way. I forgive. And then you just say their name. I forgive my spouse. I forgive my boss. I forgive my coworkers. I forgive the government. I forgive the church. I forgive the pastor. I forgive. I forgive. Forgive. Unforgiveness will hook you every time. It will hook you. It's a legal door. Prayerlessness is a legal door. Unforgiveness is a legal door. We break soul ties. And I just hear the spirit of the Lord say break soul ties with um, an abuser, especially sexual abuse, but abuse of any kind. Begin to release them the way that I pray about soul ties is I break the unhealthy soul tie between me and whoever it is. I send back any part of their soul that I have kept, and I take back myself and in any part of me that they have kept. And God, please wash me of this connection and restore my connection with you in this area of my soul. The Holy Spirit, we just ask you to go move on the hearts of the people. Sorry. They're all going through different things. We renounce all curses. We renounce the kingdom of darkness and its works. We completely sever ourselves from any contact with the occult. And so, Father God, any of these second heaven hooks over any person under the sound of my voice, live or on the replay, I take authority in the name of Jesus and I bind and sever these hooks off of the people of God. We have broken agreement with them. I command them to come up and out, come up and out. You will not uh, control their destiny. You will not control their obedience. You won't control their day, their family. We command you, we've broken agreement and we say, get up and go to the abyss, never to return to these precious people. We put the blood of Jesus now on every part of that soul. And we ask you to fill those areas right now with the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we invite you to fill every area right now. Every hurt, every pain, every trauma be filled. Every vacant place be filled by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just decree over every listener, Father, that they will fulfill every jot and tittle. They'll fulfill everything that was written about them in the books of heaven. We thank you for complete, completed destinies and family restoration. We decree it over every listener in Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name. 
Amen. Well, that was, that was fantastic. Genevieve. Um, I'm just, everyone should be excited that that should be the end result of this. I think, especially the whole idea of looking at things from a second heaven is like, man, like, also, if you're just constantly falling in despair at every bit of news, I'm like, what are we doing about it? You know, like, mm-hmm. because we're not, we're not called to take all this stuff laying down um, because we serve someone far greater. Um, so yeah, just break off of somebody right now that you're not good enough to do what God is calling you to do. I just take authority because that's a lie. That's a lie that has to be confronted and dismantled. That is not, you are going, you have everything that you need to do the next thing in front of you. Obey God, even if it doesn't make sense. In fact, there's somebody that's supposed to be launching something, some sort, I don't know if it's a ministry or even a business, and you have been dealing with the whole spirit of fear. I just take authority right now. Fear is a spirit. And it has to bow to the name of Jesus. And so we need what you carry. We need your obedience. We need your yes. And so I just break that spirit of fear from off of you right now in Jesus' name and low self-esteem. None of us know what we're doing. That's what I I tell people that constantly. I have no idea what I'm doing. I literally (laughs) just obey God the next thing. So be free in that. Be free to just obey God and make mistakes. Yeah, come on, Cecilia. We just break that off of you right now in Jesus' name. Fear come up and out. And we deal with that individually and especially over families. And so I break every demonic assignment over families right now. This is why families, I really believe, go through the wars that we do is the enemy has to keep us hooked. And one of the easiest ways to keep me hooked is to have relationship trauma, to have relationship warfare. So I speak peace and calm to every family right now. I speak peace and calm to every marriage right now. I I just declare, in fact, that there is a woman that is having marital issues and the enemy is beating you up one side and down the other to keep you silent. And you say, once I get my family together, then once me and my marriage are like perfect, then there is no perfect. I want to loosen that hook from off of you and decree it is always the right time to obey God. It is always the right time to obey God. And you can, if you will keep your heart right, God will use you to continue to advance the kingdom while you wait for your spouse, mm-hmm. while you wait for your loved one. Yes. You continue to put one foot in front of the other and keep your heart clean from the second heaven. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Mm, so you, Lord. good. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Amen, Genevieve Don Skidmore. Fantastic. So an illumination and all. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's our our the honor is ours. Um, so why don't you? Because you talked about a couple of different things, like Naomi House, um, Tribes Arise International. How can people follow those different things? How can they follow you? Uh, give people the details. Seriously, there's one stop. 
www.tribesarise.org. Under there, there's some links. One is called Our Sacred Children, where you'll see everything you need to see about Naomi House, Arizona and South Dakota. It's where the link is for the prayer hubs and the fasting hubs. Um, it's all, it's where, um, it's everything is right there. And then Facebook is tribes arise with Genevieve Dawn, um, or Naomi house for, um, Naomi house, Facebook. And what else? I think that's it. There's also some more in the description so people can open up the description and we have a couple more in there too. We also did put a link under stuff we talked about to the prayer hub for, um, tribes arise um so people can click there directly to that link so you don't have to uh you gave the address but people can actually just click the link right there. it'll take them right that's there right. so bada yeah. bing bada boom yes that's how we do around yeah. here so um well, on that tribes rise um dot org under our sacred children mm -hmm. there's a um youtube informational video as well that you guys can check that awesome out. Yeah, yeah check that out everybody Give them a follow, show them your support. Um, Genevieve, thank you so much. Um, yeah, very important, very important message. Everyone, please take it to heart, please. Amen. <laughs> so everybody, everybody have a great rest of your Monday. Tune in tomorrow. We've actually got Irish prophet Craig Cooney on. Uh, so a lot of you might know who he is. Uh, it's going to be a great time. I've been really blessed. Both Lauren and I have been really blessed by a lot of his words that are just really in step with a lot of stuff we're going through right now. Um, so that's going to be a great time. That's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. We love you guys. Elijahstreams.com slash donate is how you donate. Get in on the uh, supporting this ministry and the wells, uh, not just overseas, but uh, First Nations tribes around the U.S. as well. Right, Genevieve? That's right. Can I can I testify? Please. Yeah. Elijah Streams actually did give a significant grant to Naomi House, Arizona for our well. And we want to say thank you. You guys made that possible. All you guys listening, you made it possible. So there, here's the fruit right here. We're talking to someone yeah. right now. So um, that is a, a testimony that I think there's a lot of concern too. With like people say, oh, donate to this thing. And and you donate to it, but it, there's not, you're like, is it actually going to this place? And the answer is yes. So, um, and we're just expanding ever more. Um, and so guys, we just so appreciate you and we love you. And we'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Craig Cooney. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 